Matthew 16 is where we're going to pick up this morning. Verse five. In verse four, while you're making your way to Matthew 16, verse five, it says, and Jesus said to them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. And so he left them and departed. That's where we left off. The only sign that Jesus was going to give that generation, the only sign that Jesus was truly going to give the sign that would lead to eternal life was his death and resurrection. That's what the sign of Jonah means. Jonah, Jonah three days in the belly of the whale rose again, three days. That's what Jesus was saying. Remember that they had been on the Gentile side after that. And they went back to the Jewish side where they encountered the Pharisees immediately after that, after he told them, they said, Hey, give us a sign. And then he gives them that. And then they're going back to the other side again, picking up in verse five, chapter 16 says, and when the disciples reached the other side, they've forgotten to bring any bread. What did we just like, what miracles did we just go through? the feeding of the 5,000 followed immediately by the feeding of the 4,000 and they forget bread. It's okay. Anybody ever had that happen to you? But Jesus said to them, watch and beware of the leaven and the Pharisees and Sadducees. So as they're mumbling with among themselves about forgetting bread, Jesus says, watch and beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began discussing it among themselves saying, we brought no bread. <clears throat> But Jesus is aware of this said, Oh, you of little faith. Why are you discussing among yourselves? The fact that you have no bread. What are the disciples focusing on? They're focusing on bread, the physical. What is Jesus focusing on spiritual, really important stuff. It's interesting. The word leaven in scripture, as we already kind of went through, is used often symbolically as a type for corruption or for sin. Uh, when the Hebrews left Egypt, they were to have unleavened bread. Remember when the, the night of the Passover came, they were to have unleavened bread. In other words, um, and, and the idea was that they were to leave in haste. They were to leave Egypt in haste. Egypt was a type, as you look in scripture, a type of the world, a type of sin, a type for bondage that we were all in. And what happens is Christ delivers us, Moses being a type of Christ. He delivers us out of sin and into the kingdom. And you leave sin, you leave leaven, you leave all that stuff behind. There's no time for it. Time to move on. And so sin has always been a type for corruption. So they're talking about physical bread. They all know we forgot bread. And Jesus just had a conversation with these guys. And they were just the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were teaming up against Jesus. And, G, and Jesus is wanting them to be mindful. He says, beware of the leaven of those guys but their mind is on bread. Their mind is on the physical. And Jesus is trying to use the imagery of the 11 to speak of the danger and the influence that the Pharisees were having and would have upon them if they were not discerning because a little leaven ruins the whole lump. These men minus Judas, they're going to be the future leaders of the church. They're going to be the future pastors. They're going to be the future shepherds, the elders of the church. 
And Jesus was sending them into the world where his lost sheep were. And to feed them, to take care of them, to tend them, to minister to them, the things of the kingdom. And if they were not discerning, if they were not careful, they would be corrupted as their hearers were as, as those, these guys were. And not only would they be corrupted, those they were teaching would become corrupted. And Jesus will go into quite a bunch, bunch of detail about what was going on in the Pharisees hearts as we come to that chapter here coming up. But the love of money is one of them. Judas got plucked. They were focused on the fact that they had forgotten bread. And Jesus says to them, verse nine, do you not yet perceive? Aren't you spiritually discerning yet guys? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? And the answer is 12 baskets for the Jews and seven for the Gentiles. My brother over here reminded me that that's probably symbolic of the church. So the Jews and the church and just beautiful. How is it that you fail to understand that I'm not talking to you about bread? I'm not talking to you about bread. Jesus, as he often has to do with us, he has to bring us to an understanding of the kingdom from the kingdom of men to the kingdom of God. We're born into this kingdom. It's kind of all we've ever known. We're focused on bread, physical bread. And he wants us to learn to focus upon him, spiritual bread, spiritual life. The point being, Jesus has got bread down for you people. Don't worry about your bread situation. Get your eyes off the bread and onto the bread of life. If we keep looking at our physical bread, we're going to miss out on the things that Jesus is trying to teach us spiritually saying, watch out for the important things that are coming up to you. The things that are going to take you out. Bread's not going to take you out. I've got that covered. I just showed you that. How many baskets left over? How many, how many of us have gone through a situation where God has shown us his provision for us? Anybody you're short on something. And all of a sudden he, he just shows you, I've got you. You're like, oh man, I'm so worried about that. And then a week later, you're like, oh man, what am I going to do? And he's like, oh, I got you. You're like, oh man, but you don't understand who I am and what I've done. And I've got you. And he just keeps showing himself faithful. And if he doesn't, it's because he's trying to get our attention or show us something, but he's still got us, right? Amen. Good father. And he's not an ATM. I'm just saying he loves us. He talked to him in Matthew chapter six about this. Don't worry about your, you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear. The pagans go after those things. You seek first the kingdom of heaven and my righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Amen. And he's expecting them to learn. How many of us have not learned that yet? And we're still on the boat focused that we forgot bread. When God's trying to teach us some things that are way deeper. He wants to move us off the ABCs and move us into the depth of the kingdom. And it's not saying that there isn't a place and a time for us to be focused on the ABCs. Amen. But I mean, if you're 25 and you are rolling little cars on the floor, you know, by yourself, man, we got to grow up, right? Anyone? I mean, makes sense. Play cards on the floor. Never mind. Not it's okay to do it with your grandkids. That's good. And your kids and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? But Jesus has to move us from 
our mindset about the earth and the kingdom to, to his kingdom and his reality. And he does that so gently with them. He, he reminds them, man, you are not mindful of me. You're, you're thinking in earthly terms. Let's get your eyes off those things and onto the kingdom. I mean, not, uh, do not, don't take this as a manipulation, but how many of us, when we heard things about like what God's doing in missions, and then you hear something where you're like, okay, give money. It's like, oh, pastor needs a Learjet. You know, it's like, no, or, or I don't, I won't have enough in order to do something. How many of us immediately went there in our minds and we dismissed that God might be saying, I want you, I want you to support these people just prayer wise or whatever it might be. Do not let this be a manipulation. Do not do that. Just know your heart before God. Amen. Like you just say, Lord, is that what I'm doing? Am I just dismissing what you might do through me? Just because I look at, I have no bread. And he's like, I've got the bread covered. I want you to be in on the blessing. Not in a weird way. Just given it shall be given. So he reminds them of his total ability to provide them. And he points them to two massive miracles that he just performed. You know, the point being, they don't need to worry about what they're going to eat. He says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And Jesus said to them in the rest of verse 11 and, uh, in, in verse 12, actually, he says, they understand, they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but out of the teaching of the, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. How many of us can relate to the, to the disciples here? Anyone? Totally. I relate to these guys so much. Praise the Lord. That he's so patient with us. He's so kind. The Lord is patient and kind. Amen. Amen. Listen, he chose these guys. He knew what he was getting into. He chose you. He knows what you, he, he knows what he bought. You're not like, Oh no, I didn't know I was getting into this mess with this person. He knows you in and out. He knows the whole deal. Yeah, he bought you anyways. For his purposes and his glory. And he keeps repeating the truth to them until it clicks until it transfers until they get their mind off. How is it that you fail to understand that I don't speak to you about bread? He said, and Jesus told them starting back in chapter 6, 24, 25. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about anything about your life. Don't be anxious about those things. That's bread. I've got that covered. How many of us are anxious about food and clothing and job situations and where we're going to live? What's going on? Jesus says to those who follow him, don't worry. Seek me first. I've got you. I'll take care of you. How about your health? Seek me first. Seek me first. I'll take care of you. I take such comfort in the fact that I can relate to these guys. He keeps telling them he's got them. And he wants us to trust in him for those things. Because if we don't, then we're not going to have ears to hear what he wants to really tell us. Do you trust him with the basic things? Next time you have fear this week about your lack or whatever it is, not you going to the casino and going, Oh Lord, I don't have enough. No, stop that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Lord, here's something that I wish I could engage in and be a part of for your kingdom. And I see a lack. Lord, 
I think it pleases you. I'm moving out in this direction. Catch me. And listen, church, how many times I can't even count how many times I've moved out in an area that wasn't even necessarily God's will for me, but he got me anyways. And he used it to guide me into what he wanted. He's just a loving father. So take steps of faith, trust him. But just as the Lord had plans for them, they needed to be attentive to his voice to grow. Jesus wanted to understand two things in his teaching of the Pharisees. It was infectious and it was deceptive and they were susceptible to it. It was infectious. It was deceptive, infectious and deceptive. And they were susceptible to it unless they grew in their spiritual discernment. There's a lot of people. I was talking with Marcus about this. There's a lot of, would say moral people putting out commentaries on the Bible these days because they recognize there's a spiritual hunger in people. And so they put new Testament commentaries from their perspective on it, or they talk through the Bible. And so you've got the Jordan Peterson's and you've got who, who are the other guys who are putting out commentaries on this stuff. What's his name? Dennis Prager. You know, people that you can admire on a certain level for certain values and things. But let me tell you, it's not the truth. It's not. It's infectious and it's deceptive because if Christ, the Christ is not at the center of it, it's a lie. Not what they think Christ is, but who he says he is. It's a lie. Don't be careful. Get your eyes off the bread and grow in your discernment. Amen. I need it too. So, and they're going to be leading people. How many of us are getting our advice and our wisdom from the world instead of from our father? And we lead our families to destruction and we lead our nation to destruction. We lead people around us to destruction, a slow destructive path. So disciples need to have their heads screwed on straight. You know, the, I just wrote down brothers and sisters. The Lord is calling us to grow up in him, to grow up in him. And I'm talking to myself. You know, I am right to entrust him with our food. How many of you entrust him with your food? How many of you are so concerned about the world way the world is going? You're just going, I'm not, I'm not going to have enough. <laughs> Entrust yourself to him. How about your money? What am I going to do for retirement? Oh my gosh, I'm going to starve to death and die. Entrust yourself to him. Is he, did, did he mean what he said or did, is he lying to you? How many of us have never given God an opportunity just to show himself strong because we're so self-sufficient? Yeah, we need to work hard. We need to take care of our families. We need to show up for work. I mean, this should, we should all know this. This is not abdicating our responsibilities that God has already laid out in scripture for us. Amen. But life is hard. Things are difficult. Things squeeze. Times get tough. Where do you go when you do that? Trust him. Pray. Ask your father. He's right there. He loves you. So abandon yourself to him and trust yourself to him. So we're faithful stewards as well. 
Jesus was growing them in the knowledge of him and who he is and what his priorities were. And I just want to say this, that the Lord does want us to grow in our knowledge of him, to know him more. This is eternal life to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. We know that the scriptures warn us that knowledge puffs up. So just having a knowledge of God will, that'll destroy you because the Pharisees had a knowledge of God, but that knowledge as Timothy is exhorted by Paul should lead to love and good works. That is the chief end of our doctrine. It, it shows itself by the fruit of our actions and our hearts. And so we're to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Peter said in second Peter three, 17 through 18, who's on the boat here says you therefore beloved, knowing this before take care that you are not carried away with the errors of lawless people and lose your stability. His mind is going back to what Jesus warned him. Beware of the leaven of the felt Pharisees. Beware of these guys who will take you off track. Therefore beloved, Knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the errors of the lawless people and those and, and lose your own stability. Right. And he says, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. He says, grow in that knowledge and that grace, those two together of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And he goes to him, be the glory both now and forever. Peter was one of those guys and he forgot the bread. And here he is years later going, man, beware, beware of those things that are around you and grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take care that you are not carried away by those around you who are lawless, but rather grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Get your eyes off the bread and onto the bread of life. So entrust yourself to the Lord, you know, ask the Lord for discernment in your life. We need to be a discerning people in Hebrews. They're chastised because their, their, their knowledge of the Lord was only really elementary and they should have, they're on the floor playing with tinker toys when they should be building buildings. Right. And, and, and the speaker says, I want to continue to talk to you about these things, about the things of the Lord that are deep and profound and will bless you, but you can't handle it because you don't have discernment. And he talks about the milk of the word and the meat of the word. And he says, listen, as you go from the meat, you're going to go to the milk. And what that is, 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 is as you grow in your knowledge of the Lord, you understand his character, his heart, his will, what he requires, what he's asking, how he would do stuff. And you begin to emulate him and mimic him. And what happens then is, is you grow, in your discernment of good and evil. You can discern what a Jordan Peterson is saying. You can discern what a Dennis Prager is writing. You can discern all these things because you've been trained in your mind and your knowledge of the Lord. You're not so susceptible to the mass deception. That's all wrapped up in whatever it's wrapped in. And so challenge to the church challenge to me grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus. It's what really matters in the end. Do you know the Lord, not just know him introductory. Hello, 
but he didn't like want you want introduce to himself, uh, bleed out and die for you and save you so that you can stay at the door of, of, of the kingdom. He wants you to come in and he's towards you and he wants you to be in this relationship where the, he reveals the father to you, he reveals God to you in deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper ways. And that is manifested in your love of one another and your love for him. And, and it takes over every part of your body. And we get stuck in our faith when we stay at the door. How many of you read your Bible and it's like, Oh my gosh, it's like a bedtime story. I'm out after three words. I can't discern it. I can't read it. Right. You need God to infuse your life with his spirit and his, and to help you to understand. And he's totally willing for that to happen. Ask him, go to him, say, Lord, open this to me. As I read this, teach me, show me, give me a heart for it. Help me to hunger and thirst for righteousness where I don't. Make the words jump off the page to me. Show me the pattern. Show me what you're saying. Not what I wanted to say. When I was younger, I just read the Bible for what I wanted. I opened the word and I just wanted an answer on this specific. And I tried to make the verse fit what I wanted it to say. And people write books about that stuff and say it's Christian. And here you go. Have a fun time. You just open the word and say, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? And you find out what he's saying and you find out it's exactly what your soul needs. And you grow in your understanding and God has put people in the body here to help you and encourage you in that, by the way. So this is very interesting talking about discernment. And we're going to be done here, but verse 13, we'll, we'll pick this up next time we're together. But he says, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? What's your discernment on this? Right. And what do we have here? And they said to him, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets in verse 14. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And here's what Peter answers. Simon, Peter replied on behalf of the guys, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's who you are. The world says this, but this is who you are. And here's Jesus's response. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for what? For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. This did not come by anybody except for God. Listen, God has to reveal himself to us. It is a work of the spirit. So yes, we open up our Bibles and we pray and we ask, but it is ultimately God who reveals himself to us. We can't get God to do anything. He reveals himself to us and he revealed himself to Peter, that knowledge that he needed. Now, listen, if you just fast forward down all the way to the next section, Jesus immediately starts to tell them about how he's going to die. He says, now guys, now that you know that I'm the Christ, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to die on the cross. And Peter, the spokesman for the group comes up and says to him, what takes him aside says, no, 
No, no, no, no, no, no. Far be it. And Peter says, and Jesus says to Peter, what? <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. You're a hindrance to me for what? You're so focused on bread, Peter. You're still focused on bread. You're still focused on bread. And who do you say is influencing him on that? He says, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Where's your mind? The Lord would seek to take our minds out of the temporal and onto the eternal, onto him. So that we know how to live as he did in this world, on this earth. We're not bound by the things that the world is. But in him, man, we are, we're his kids. And we can go wherever he calls us to go. And we can do whatever he calls us to do and support whatever he wants us to support. And move into whatever calling he's called us to move into. And to share with anyone or do anything. Why? Because he is the total supply. He's the supply. So that's a very short abbreviated message. So praise God. Amen. Lord, we want to thank you. And we just ask Lord that your spirit would fill us this morning to overflowing, that we would be those who hear your voice, who trust you, who can grow to discern between the bread and the bread of life. Thank you for having us covered in all these areas and Lord teach us to trust you in everything. And it's in your name. Amen. God bless you all. It's a reminder the office is closed this week. And uh, if you need anything, reach out to an elder. God bless you. Take care.